welcome to REEI Energy and Climate Podcast. I'm your host Lin Jiaqiao from REEI. REEI is the short name of Rock Environment and Energy Institute, a Beijing-based independent think tank with a focus on climate policy and energy transition. Today, I'm with my colleague Zhao Ang. Hello, everyone. This is John. Last week, we talked about the natural gas development in China. If you are interested, please find our last episode to listen. All right, we will discuss a topic related to China's 2030-2060 climate goals. 2030 means、uh, China will achieve the carbon emission peak、uh, around 2030, ideally as possible before 2030. And the second one, 2060, is,、uh, means China has a target of carbon neutrality、uh, before 2060. That's right. It's a hot topic and. You will hear a lot of thirty, sixty, or double carbon. This kind of conversation here in China at the moment. So the discussion around when China will peak, if China should peak earlier, are hot topics too. But today our focus will be given to the regional angle of the twenty thirty carbon peaking, and try to see if there is any gaps between these two levels. I mean, national level long term goals. And the regional level, provincial level, carbon peaking goals. China now is the number one carbon emitters in the world. Nearly thirty percent of the world's total carbon emissions are from China. Since two thousand and fourteen, the growth rate decreased greatly, but still the trend is increasing. That means since twenty fourteen, it's stabilizing. But the trend is still increasing, so you cannot tell when China could peak. Let's look at the USA. So the USA they peaked at two thousand and seven, and the European countries like Germany and the UK they peak at nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety one respectively. So if you see these two major economies, the USA and the EU. Briefly, you can know why they choose the base year as, for example, for the USA, often they refer to twenty zero five, and the European Union they re- they refer to nineteen ninety on this level. So, how about other countries? Other major economies like Japan? I think the U.S. and the European countries,、uh, according to their historical emission,、uh, they set a different base year. For their climate policy, regarding Japan, I think、uh, as one、well、of the G seven countries,、uh, Japan is a typical industrialized economy. But Japan's carbon emission peak year even later than U.S. It's in two thousand twelve. And when we look at、uh, another emerging economy,、uh, the Brazil's carbon emission peaking year is. In two thousand fourteen, we we got a read a、uh, article from Financial Times a couple of days ago, which discussed about the carbon emission peaking comparison between different economies, and the article mentioned some driving forces.、Uh, the fundamental one is energy structure, how carbon intensity, how high the carbon intensity in your energy mix. Is the fundamental factor、uh, driving the carbon emission in the long term? 
Second one is about the stages of industrial development. How high your second sector or industry sector count for the carbon emissions? Uh, or service、uh, sector is the major economy contribution. A third one is about population growth.、Uh, is the population into the aging stage or is still in the、uh, very young stage and the quick increasing phase? Last one, the fourth one is about the urbanization.、Uh, when people Uh, enjoy the economic growth when they move from rural areas to urban areas.、Uh, the structure of the economy and the carbon emission in nationwide will、uh, be influenced by this、uh, big social movement. So I think in a later discussion we also mention the different driving forces, but these four are the most important ones. Yes, that's the four driving forces. Of when the country or region can achieve the carbon peaking. So, in terms of China's carbon peaking year, so John, what do you think when China can peak, and should China be more ambitious? Yeah, it depends. Uh, who asked this question? I think from the global climate uh policy perspective, China is definitely has a high expectation from uh the rest of the world because. As the number one carbon emission country、uh, since two thousand and seven, China is already, as you mentioned, occupy about almost thirty percent of the global emissions. So, in order to achieve the net zero emission by twenty fifty,、uh, in the next thirty years, I think China has really the biggest responsibility. But if you ask the question. To Chinese government or Chinese people, I think they might have different、uh, idea about how ambitious China should be, because China is still not a developed country. The per capita income level is still in the in the low level compared to OECD countries, and China still want to pursue a rapid industrialization and urbanization in the next two or three decades. So I think it's a quite a mixed、uh, picture. But although China already showed the stabilizing trend since two thousand fourteen and two thousand thirteen, I think China is already in the track to、uh, achieve the、uh, peak. I think it should be earlier than、uh, its promised twenty thirty. And finally, I want to share my personal point of view. How ambitious is depends on your actions, specifically. I think the actions you、uh, cut off the carbon-intensive energy and industry capacity. In terms of、uh, carbon intensity, energy like、uh, coal power、uh, and other、uh, fossil fuel energy use, if you phase out、uh, without considering its natural cycle, for example, you just stop using some capacity before it's. Expire in terms of the life cycle. I think this is kind of very typical ambition you you perform or showcase.、Uh, I think this is interesting indicator from my point of view to see、uh, whether a country is ambitious or not. That's right. That depends on who is asking this question. So why China is reluctant to be more ambitious? Maybe 
on the difficult difficult part is what you mentioned the energy intensive sectors, uh, such as uh, the power sector, because the power sector now is the number one contributor to uh, the emissions at the moment, followed by industrial sector. And the third one is the transport sector. Around 10% of the emissions are from the transport sector. So that's from the national level situation. So to peak early, these three sectors are the keys. And the current trend is there but still the pace needs to be quicker, maybe. So the question is, should it be an overarching national carbon picking plan or a regional plan uh, in a more kind of uh, bottom-up way? So that's uh, a question China is facing. And you can see the national level, uh, a plan is being made. And at the regional level, so lots of provinces and cities, they are making their own carbon picking plan. So let's look at uh, who are the early movers during the carbon picking so-called plans or implementation measures at the moment? A handful of provinces and cities in China have just released their carbon picking plans. We will start with Jiangsu province. It is a coastal province, one of the most developed regions in the country. So right after 14 years plan released, they got this carbon emission picking plan. Uh, the plan is quite a grand uh, master plan, includes about five parts, uh, overarching uh, different parts from the implementation strategy uh, and the key industries and uh, measurement, re evaluation, and technology and the research, and also organizational support. So in line with other environmental management, for example, uh, the environment impact assessment, uh, the energy efficiency, and air pollution control, those things, they also built up some uh, pilot projects, for example, carbon capture and storage, which are very relevant in China's situation, when China still want to keep using the carbon-intensive energy sources. So I think the province of Jiangsu has a quite exam exemplary uh, case, and uh, other provinces uh, in the middle and the western part of the country, and also in the lower level of the economic development, might see them as a, a leader and to see whether they may use their resources from finance to technology and other development uh, capacity to achieve uh, earlier carbon emission peaking. So I know other provinces, say, like a neighboring province, uh, Zhejiang, issued, released a similar uh, carbon emission peaking plan. Would you like to share with us? That's right. Jiangsu's plan is from the Department of Ecology and Environment, but Zhejiang's plan is not from that department. It was from the Science and Technology Commission. That's right after Zhejiang released uh, the Climate Change Action Plan that's for the 14th five-year plan. So right after that, in May and in early June, the Science and Technology Commission, they released they call it carbon picking and carbon neutrality, science and technology innovative action plan. So that's a long name. So within 
within this plan, you can see they focus on the key technologies. So for example, they give the focus on zero carbon technology. So what is a zero carbon technology um, and what's their application? And there is no detail, but I guess they what they mean is the renewable power. And the other one is the fossil fuel power uh, plus CCUS. So that's uh, what I think they mentioned, the uh, zero carbon technology. So they want to give more focus on this carbon, zero carbon technology. And some other regions, they mentioned zero carbon industrial park as well. So zero carbon concept is uh, a hot one at the moment in China. So the other one, they also gave the emphasis to uh, CCUS. Uh, they mentioned CCUS pilots and also they men mentioned uh, carbon sink uh, technologies, which is the nature-based solution. So this part is similar to the Jiangsu plan. I think one impression of the two regions, the two provinces plan is that they, I think they mix the carbon picking and carbon neutrality working plan, but I think that's two things. One is 2030, and the other one is really long term, that's uh, 2060. So the CCUS and also uh, the nature-based solution as the offsetting, carbon offsetting technology, I think that's, uh, that's pretty costly at the moment. Um, so I don't think they can play a major role uh, for China's carbon picking, but for China's carbon neutrality goal, they may play a bigger role, say, uh, after 2040 or something. Yeah, I think for this part, uh, I just want to add one point. Without p uh, putting the data and the evidence-based arguments, I think it's hard to say uh, what kind of specific role uh, CCUS can play in their carbon emission picking strategy. As you mentioned, the CCUS applications and technology development uh, demonstrations are still in the early stage in China, although we see some uh, progresses uh, made in other countries. That's right, but the good part is that they realize the energy sector, industrial sector, and transport sector are the three major ones to focus on, because you can see the three sectors, they give more focus in their working plan for toward carbon picking and carbon neutrality. So that's the case for the more developed region, Jiangsu province and Zhejiang province. So let's look at some other provinces. So John, could you introduce a little bit? Yeah, we have other provinces like uh, also very developed Guangdong province, the most industrialized province in China uh, next to Hong Kong. And uh, it has been at the number one in terms of the provincial GDP uh, size. But I want to start with Hubei province. The Hubei province in the middle of the country, and they also have a quite active carbon market uh, forum, carbon market in, in pilot in the past 10 years. And uh, according to their ambitious and active role in contributing to the carbon market development in China, they also uh, have a provincial carbon pick plan. They carry out the construction of the near zero carbon emission demonstration zone and uh, they have some other pilot projects in the city level and also the industrial uh, zoning, those kind of activities. 
And Guangdong province uh, also pro promotes the pickled carbon emission by region and industry. So relevant plans for carbon emission picking actions in many provinces and uh, regions and municipalities uh, also include uh, Shanghai, Ningxia, Tianjin, and uh, others. So how to tackle regional differentiation in carbon picking plan? and uh, how to manage the carbon emission trajectory uh, before peaking. So this is also very challenging for each of the provinces' governments, uh, as I mentioned. So according to some expertise, I mean experts, uh, they point out that most provinces and cities in China are still in the pre-peaking stage, of course, <laughs> pre-peaking stage, and, and pilots reaching strategy um, early picking uh, places with some good conditions like uh, very high economic development and also very good infrastructures and other driving forces like a high level of the urbanization, uh, they might have a better position to achieve the carbon emission picking before the rest of the country and by leading as example. Even in the long term, they may achieve the carbon neutrality uh, far be before 2060. Yes, that's true. Um, I think some experts also mentioned that there are two regions in China that may be the first batch to achieve carbon peaks. Uh, one is Jiangsu, I mentioned. Uh, Jiangsu, Zhejiang, and Shanghai. That's Yangtze River Delta region. And maybe the other developed region include the Pearl River uh, Delta region. So they are more developed economies uh, and they are located in uh, the coastal side of China and they have the potential to peak early. And this echoes to what we discussed in the very beginning of our discussion today, the driving forces, uh, the four driving forces of carbon peaking. Uh, I think to some extent they meet uh, several of the criteria there, so they have the potential of a peak earlier. Another region is the southwest part of China, which has good renewable energy conditions and abundant hydropower, wind power, and solar power resources because they have the renewables. So uh, their energy intensity could be uh, very low compared to uh, the coal-dependent, natural gas-dependent regions. So these are the two points that some experts mentioned. Yeah, I remember we had an episode about discussing uh, how the Yunnan province's hydropower may play a big role in supporting higher penetration of the hydropower supply in most developed uh, Pearl Delta region in China. Uh, because usually we can see for those Delta region areas and the uh, Yangtze River Delta region, they have the highest economic development level but they don't have very close and connected renewable energy supplies. But thanks to the development of the offshore wind power and the hydropower and other like solar power, I think for these two economically developed areas, they have uh, potential to use more offshore wind power from the offshore areas in Jiangsu province and the more hydropower and the solar power from Yunnan and other neighboring 
provinces, as you mentioned. So I think interconnectivity or uh, power grid expansion are very important for those provinces to achieve uh, carbon peaking even beyond to achieve carbon neutrality. That's right. That's really depending on the regional, I mean, the resources profile and the energy, especially the renewable energy availability. So east coast, they consume more energy than the west, than in the north or any part of, of China. But somehow they depend, they are dependent on power from other regions, especially John gave the example, uh, the Pearl River Delta, they uh, depend on the renewables from Yunnan province, which is located in uh, southwest part of China. So I think for the northern part of China, the industrial and power sector, that's something that um, I should say, uh, how to change the energy structure is a difficult thing. So uh, if you see the plans at the moment, um, they are the uh, late movers, I should say, because um, maybe they will think, okay, I need time to develop my, uh, more time to develop my economy instead of uh, curbing uh, the energy consumption, which is related to economic development. This might be uh, their mindset at the moment. Yeah, I think that argument is uh, making sense because, I mean, among China, that big, so big country, and different areas, uh, different places, they have different profiles in terms of energy structure and, uh, and economic development. So for those who are still in the catching up stage of the econ- economic development, they might think, okay, those developed places, uh, regions, they should make space <laughs> for, for those, for us. And in order to help the whole country to achieve uh, early car- uh, carbon emission peaking and beyond. So I think that's um, conflict of interest or kind of attention uh, definitely exists in the long term. Certainly. So the issue will be at the less developed regions, I should say. Uh, because the uh, the more developed regions, they they just reduce their uh, energy consu- consumption, uh, and they get get more renewables from other regions maybe, uh, and for the less developed development regions like in the north, west, uh, northeast or uh, southwest, uh, maybe, uh, from the local level they do not think fully, of I mean how carbon peaking and carbon neutrality, if they have the plan, will affect their economic development. So that means they do not realize if they just make a plan, carbon picking plan, uh, it looks good, but that might harm their uh, economy. So this is one case. The other case is, as I mentioned, some will seize the final opportunity to development. So they might think, okay, the high carbon intensive industry uh, if the developed uh, regions they do not want I'll just attract them to my region because they can bring uh, the GDP up and they can bring jobs here so I think there are two mindsets of the less developed regions So when we put that into the consideration of the national strategy of the uh, economic development and the carb, uh, carbon emission strategy, 
I think、uh, local government may have a miscalculation when they want to、uh, invite more carbon-intensive industry from those、uh, developed regions, because、uh, you know. For the national policy, don't not only control the carbon emission、uh, as their policy target, but also they want to improve the environmental quality.、Uh, for example, I think in two thousand thirteen to two thousand seventeen, ah,、uh, we see the China's carbon emission in total went into a very stabilized trajectory. But also, coal power in that period of time. Uh, the coal consumption stabled, and main reason、uh, I think you may argue is about the air pollution control policy measures. So, in order to avoid the overcapacity of industries and the disinfective investment and the economic overheating, those kind of thing, the Chinese government, the central government, also control the. Heavy industry development in the local levels. For example, the Ministry of Environment and Ecology, they issue a new regulation to control or reduce、uh, the big project, or the double high project in terms of the high energy consumption and also the high pollution project,、uh, because they want to、uh, use their、uh, arms. Uh, power to increase the air quality in general, but also by doing this, and、uh, to help the central government to fulfill its promise about the carbon peaking. So, as I mentioned, not only the tension between the west,、uh, west part of the country, western regions,、uh, and the eastern regions, but also the tension between local regions and the central government,、uh, as you also mentioned too. So I think in face of these challenges, the provinces with plenty of natural resources, including the renewable energy and other natural resources, they might have to choose different、uh, pathways of development、uh, to achieve not only the quality growth but also low carbon growth. Yes, ah,、uh, referring to the double high. Regulation, which is a hot topic at the moment, ah,、uh, the Ministry of Ecology and Environment, they are specially supervising in the so-called double high ah、uh, projects, ah,、uh, which many of them they are located in the less developed regions, and the causes are hard to say. So maybe it's ah、uh, from the international climate change pressure, or the long-term ah、uh, neutrality goal. Of ah、uh, China, maybe China's ah、uh, attitude toward the double high projects. The the reason is ah、uh, from ah、uh, how to achieve the carbon neutrality goal ah、uh, might be something ah、uh, China is not really sure of. Ah,、uh, so from current situation, although original carbon peaking plans are already made or being made, a national carbon peaking plan will be released,、uh, which has been confirmed. Uh, by a former NDRC, which is National Development and Reform Commission, NDRC official, and、uh, Politburo of、uh, China, they both stated that the country will issue overarching national 
so-called pre-2030 carbon picking action plan and correct the campaign style of reducing carbon. So the plan will be a implementation guide for carbon picking in each high emitting sectors. So here is it's really interesting. So they emphasize on the sectors uh, more than the regions. I think that's the right thing uh, to do because uh, you need to focus on the, for example, the power sector, the uh, steel sector, and the non-ferrous metal sector. Those are the big emitters, and as a whole, China should have a, a national plan to how to allocate. Uh, the so-called quotas for development. So we can see the trend at the moment, especially for steel plants. So some regions in China, for example, in Hebei province, uh, they could not uh, develop more steel plants or if the steel plant is operating, but it's too carbon intensive and they will, they will be asked to close. Yeah, the Ministry of uh, Environment and Ecology issued a uh, new regulation in June this year to control, uh, as you mentioned, the heavily uh, polluted projects and, uh, and uh, plants and uh, high emission plant uh, projects. So uh, they put the environmental impact assessment as a vehicle, as a tool to control not only about the uh, regional environmental uh, impact planning or uh, regulatory environmental planning, uh, they put the carbon emission as an important indicator into that assessment. So I think it's a good because uh, climate policy regulator now, Ministry of Environment and Ecology is the regulator of the climate policy after uh, reshuffling of the ministerial level in few years ago. So I think this is a new maneuver from the central government, from the Ministry of Environment and Ecology to uh, help the national uh, commitment to achieve the carbon peak. Uh, but I, have sh I should see during the process, uh, they also ask some local provincial governments to uh, follow the national mandate because uh, on the one time they want to support the local experiment but on our time because the country is so big they want to control the <laughs> the trend or the coordinating uh, the development from very different places uh, so let's see what the national level carbon picking plan will look like and how the plan will affect the energy industrial structure of the major regions in china in, in the next few years i think one or two years as we expect also other uh, people who uh, from other countries expect China definitely will uh, give out more detailed uh, plans for the country to achieve the early picking, uh, if we say, and even the more detailed industrial policy or sectoral strategy to push the economy-wide, the nationwide uh, transformation from steel coal dependence to renewable-dominated uh, low-carbon energy system. Yeah, also, I think the plan will be having the regional differentiation for sure. Um, but it's not like a plan to tell each province to do this and that. I think it's specializing in different sectors and what the sector 
the pathway uh, or the quota for development in the carbon intensive industries. So lastly, I'll introduce some highlights from our newsletter. So we have a newsletter which is bi-monthly and uh, during this latest newsletter from us, uh, there is a summary of the podcasts in the last two months. The topics are quite diverse, which echoes some of the recent news in energy and climate world, ranging from China's coal power projects, US new EV goals, Israel's new carbon tax, and Myanmar's NDC, and so on. And we have a publication section. So other than the IPCC 6 assessment report, there are three reports recommended by us covering the US natural gas, China's second NDC, and one report for one Southeast Asian countries. So finally, there are a range of events, mostly online ones, so be sure to check it. Uh, we shortlisted some of uh, them for you. So please go to our website or LinkedIn for further information. All right, that concludes our discussion today. We hope you enjoy our talk today. Uh, if you have any question and comment and ideas and suggestion on our program, you're welcome to contact us via email, info at reei.org.cn or link in by searching Rock Environment and Energy Institute. We definitely wish our listeners stay healthy and well. And now, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.